0: from new york it's
1: turkey tronics
0: thankful engineer <laughs>
1: oh it's, funny. it's always funny when you uh, have robots and cats mixed that was again. an old
0: project from not too long ago i used our stuff and uh, it was cats and turkeys so and turkeys. Uh, i thought it was Critics. fitting to play it
1: yeah our cat loved turkey yeah. uh welcome to ask engineer it's me lady ada on this thanksgiving eve everyone's brining their turkeys or uh getting ready for a long weekend or, or maybe they gotta go to work uh but uh, why don't you take an hour and hang out with us for a little bit while we go over the latest in the maker and hacker space, all the news that's fit to hack on. Uh, broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. With me is Mr. Ada. We've updated the graphics for the cyber turkey. Every Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving. And uh, why don't we just hop right into it. What's, uh, what's the latest Goblin to Gobble?
0: On tonight's show, it's our special safe Thanksgiving edition. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll be talking about some news in the country, news in the maker world, uh, some public service announcements, and more. We are open. We are safe. We are shipping. All of our team, thanks you so much. These are pre-COVID photos here at Adafruit. Thank you so much for supporting us all this year so we've been able to get all the electronics you need, our team, is safe, all PPD up, and we've been operating all the way from the beginning. We'll talk about that in a bit. Show and tell people around the world showing, sharing their projects. Lady Ada will talk about who is on the show and tell and what project they shared. JP's workshop. We have a May Code minute and a little bit of a preview of the video that we just released, which is JP's product pick of the week. We'll show a little tidbit from that. Time travel around the world makers, hackers, arts, engineers. We have some jobs from the Adafruit Jobs Board. You can post your skills up, or if you're an employer looking for a maker to do something, jobs.adafruit.com. Some Python on hardware news. We have some made New York City factory footage. We have some sped-up 3D printing videos. We also have a very cool video from John Pedro with the MagTag. We have DigiKey and Adafruit Presents. I, on NPI this week, is Littlefuse.
1: You got a uh, RTD. Uh, platinum sensor it's the platinum standard for temperature sensors from little fuse
0: have some new products we answer your questions we do that over on discord adafruit.it slash discord go
1: there now it's free
0: yeah Uh, join all about 25,000 of us and more all that tonight on ask an engineer
1: yes we're doing it
0: all right so first up let's um, go over to uh, tonight's show is all about saying thanks
1: cyber thanks
0: so um, I want to say thank you to everybody uh, who support Adafruit open source woman-owned company manufacturing company in New York <laughs> did um,
1: we worked so hard this year this
0: year was really hard um, but I, I wanted to read an email um, that I sent to our team um, because we're here only because of the team. That is Adafruit Yeah, uh, if people
1: didn't like Adafruit Electronics We wouldn't be here Yeah We we would lose leave
0: So um, I sent another team We ran payroll early because it's the bank holiday So uh, thank you Our employee resource team who did that yeah. And although it's been a tough year for everyone And we've all had sacrifices And there's been loss in all of our lives We had a lot to be thankful for So um, I just put the list of things Because um, I think sometimes when you say thanks You should just do like What's the first thing that comes to your head So I just rattled this off and uh, this, send it out to everybody. So we're really thankful for the team at Adafruit who um, raced towards the problem. When the city said, we need PPE, um, our team came together and they made face shields for doctors. Still using them. Um, and then they said, well, can you make electronics for um, all sorts of things from fast track ventilator approval to the sensors that are on, all sorts of life-saving equipment, all sorts of stuff. They just they needed things really fast. And um, we're so thankful that our team was able to help and, and maybe help others. So that was um, that was one of the first things I wanted to say thanks for. Um uh, thankful to the team that gets all the essential things in, stored, made, and shipped to all the students that are remote. We are a lifeline for learning for a lot of people. So thank you so much, and thank you to all the educators out there that um, they've been doing everything to keep uh, kids going and motivated. And there's more ahead um, because a lot of schools, including New York, uh, just went remote. Uh, thanks to the team that keeps uh, our store serving up our customers and community and our learning system, which has become an important educational resource. Our IT team that keeps all the computers going. Thanks for all of our customers, our community, publishing all the time, getting the good work and word out. Thanks for the code, the guides, the videos, and all the creativity that we make and inspire That uh, even in these tough times. Uh, thanks for the team that keeps our data safe, our site secure, and our legal things being ethical and smart. Thanks for the team that keeps us financially going. Every dollar is hard earned and well spent. Thanks that we have a facility that's kept us safe. We put in a ton of protocols and we're really proud that people are not getting sick. Um, we're not done. We will continue to uh, keep up and be ahead. We publish those on adafruit.com slash opensafely. Um, use them if you're a company. Um, thanks for the team uh, that keeps our benefits going, payroll and all these things. Um, we made a decision a long time ago to have one amazing healthcare plan for everybody. Uh, Lady Ada has the same healthcare plan as someone who just started the company. We wanted one, not all the different ones, high deductibles. And, uh, you know, sometimes people really need healthcare. And I think this year was one of those years. So we're, we're thankful for the team who helps uh, keep all that going. Uh, thankful for all of our partners, um, all their locations, all of our resellers. Um, on our show and tell, uh, Kevin was by from DigiKey. A big shout-out to DigiKey, who helped us uh, a lot. And they're not only good friends, but they're really good partners. So support them, too. Um, Next up, uh, thankful we're a good cause and good business. We still uh, have values that we uh, care about and care about together. Thankful that we work on new things, uh, valuable experiences for people for all walks of life. Thankful for the people who came before us, plagues, wars, civil rights. There's a lot of sacrifice that happened before us. We're getting asked to just maybe stay home. I think we can do it. Um, Thankful for... uh, the healthcare workers um i know i mentioned the the face shields that we did but they're still there they're still doing their job every day um and they have a lot ahead and it looks like there's going to be a lot uh, more because a lot of people are traveling which they wouldn't but they're gonna and our hospitals are going to be burdened the healthcare workers are still working and still helping so thank you to all of them uh thanks for all the science and (laughs) scientists that somehow, way, managed to get multiple vaccines in a, a record time. Um, we'll see how they work out. But just the fact that they exist and they're going to get approved and there might be a way through this, um, that's amazing. Very thankful for that this year. And, um, you know, the thing that you can do right now um, is think about someone who cared about you. Thank them. Time is precious. Um, someone took the time to care about you in your life. Now it's time for you to say, hey, Thanks. Um, Even if you can't be with them physically, maybe you're just doing it virtual this year, um, use that technology like this, live video, into all of our homes and and wherever we're at, even our magic space phones. Um, That's one of the things, too, um, that we're really thankful for. Um, There's a path. We're all on it. We're almost through it. So thank you, everybody, all of our customers, all our community. um, It's so appreciated. And that is our Thanksgiving message from all of us, including the Cyber Turkey all right um so public service announcement um this is another thing that we sent to our entire team um this is what it's like in new york right now so we lived through the worst the first and new york is saying stay home stay safe do not travel this holiday season see all these things don't use them (laughs) for a little bit more there is no place in the country that is trending better right now maybe hawaii is in the caution zone everything is red this covid thing Made us all the same, and which is we really shouldn't be seeing each other just for a little while.
1: It's so, it's like it's when the graph is all the same color, I don't even know if it makes sense to have a graph anymore.
0: It doesn't. So, please, if you have plans, tell them send them this little part of the video.
1: So, these goth freaks from New York said, Yeah, the,
0: the numbers are the numbers. So, yesterday, record hospitalizations were not even into the aftermath of all the travel. Today, over 2,000 people died. We're not even into the 22 days later from whatever the case count is. So whatever the case count is today, look at 22 days later, and if you multiply the case count by about 1.8, you could see about how many people are going to die. So imagine today you get a test and it says you're COVID positive. You have a chance of not making it. That is how this works. Um, maybe you'll be okay, but maybe not. Or maybe the worst thing is someone you care about. Is it going to be okay? Um, looks like, December 17th-ish, it's going to be 3,000 people a day. And I hope we don't get numb to this because it's 2,000 a day. What does that mean anymore?
1: Yeah. It's
0: 2,000 people. It's a
1: huge number. So that would,
0: be, that would be the worst tragedy ever in U.S. history if it was just one day. Well, this is happening every single day. So um, please, 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 uh, it's not too late to cancel plans. All tickets are refundable. Um, we're using our little platform right now just to, to beg you. Uh, we want to see all of you at, like, a Maker Fair or in New York City. Everyone visits New York City. Well, if you don't make it to spring or next year, you're not going to be able to visit. Uh, so just think about it and uh, look at the numbers and make some smart decisions. Okay. Let's go to show and tell. Okay. Oh, no, actually, let's not go to show and tell. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, since, I, since I have the uh, uh, ship and smart and safe thing,
1: yeah. I should
0: say we have a bunch of deals going on. We do. And uh, we have some sales. So we should talk about that. Then we should do the show and tell. Okay.
1: Talk. For um, $100 or more, you get a free Perma Proto half size breadboard with each order. $149 or more, you'll get a free Stemma QT board. We have a wide selection. You'll get a different one each time if you make an account. Um, if you make an account, you can also get 20% off by securing your account. So it's a good idea. Um, and uh, we've got the cutie pies in the freebie batch too. So you might get one of those. Uh, also, a bunch of different um, awesome Stemma QT sensors. One ninety nine or more, you get free UPS ground shipping content in the the United States, and uh, two ninety nine or more, you will give away a free Circuit Playground Express all-in-one dev board for learning Circuit Python, Arduino, MakeCode, Code.org, CS Discoveries, Rust, and more.
0: And uh, right now, if you just do one simple thing. Secure your account. You get 20% off. Now, we're going to end the sale probably on Friday, so you should do this now. All you have yeah. to do is verify your email and set up two-factor auth- authentication. In your account, you'll see this cute little cloud. Ding, ding. And you get 20% off. We're doing this as limited-time experiment. A lot of people secured their accounts. It worked out. Um, even you know cranky security people who are not only really kind of mean. And I know a lot of cranky they
1: security like They like this. They like this. They like this.
0: So um, we're really excited that we were able to do something valuable and give you 20% off. So if you haven't, load up your car right now and do it. Or you can wait till Friday. And Friday we'll have all sorts of deals and more. Um, can there, you see into the future? I can. And? There's good fortune ahead. And there will be some deals. The 20% thing off is probably going to be our biggest one. But there will be some things. And we have all sorts of mysterious things ahead. What Ooh. will what do the
1: cards say be
0: in the future? We can't tell you yet.
1: But there's some cool rocks.
0: <laughs> so also on Friday and then throughout the weekend and then Monday we're going to have a bunch of posts from our team for black owned businesses that's on friday and they'll be tagged by black friday black Owned friday and then on friday we'll also have pound Ada deals and every single year i email every maker company i'm like hey you got sales did somebody C- get it back to you some did great and you know throughout the year you know companies kind of compete and, you know some of them don't get along but i think I, I, what i do is i try at least one time during the year to bring us all together on one big email And I'm just like, hey, if you got any sales, just send them to me, and we're going to post them on Adafruit site because we're crazy. Crazy. Um, Yeah, why would we post everyone else's sales? Because that's what we do. And so we'll tag those Ada deals. And then on Tuesday, we're doing Giving Tuesday, and that's Pound Giving Tuesday. And that's just a bunch of nonprofits, um, stuff like uh, Oshawa, things like OSI, or organizations that we support like Black Girls Code, or there's magazines like um, S'more or Reinvented. Um, magazines for uh, girls and STEM. So anyways, we'll have all of those. So that's some stuff you can look forward to, and you can look for them on the blog and on social media, and those are the hashtags. And if you have ones of your own, you can use the hashtag and get the word out as well. All right, Lady, show and tell. We do show and tell every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Who's on the show and tell? what they share?
1: We had a bunch of people come by. Kevin... Came from came by from DigiKey to give everybody the heads up that they're going to do DigiWish this year again. That means in December, I think every day they pick one person who uses the DigiWish hashtag on social media, and they'll give them a free item from the DigiKey store up to a hundred dollars in value. Uh, it's a great way to get that thing from DigiKey that you've always wanted shipped to you for free. So um, keep an eye out starting in December. Um, follow Digikey on on Twitter. Uh, they have a nice social media. It doesn't It doesn't spam you or anything, but then you'll know for sure when Digiwish is happening. Um, Trevor uh, made uh, Adafruit. Uh, is, Trevor is an Adafruit iOS developer, and he worked on an AR tarot card reader um, that'll work with the tarot cards displayed on the MagTag displays. That's kind of a fun project. Minerva comes by and uh, reads your tarot card. Um, Brent has been working on adding MQTT support uh, in CircuitPython to the ESP32-S2. Uh, We did a huge refactor of our wireless support in CircuitPython, which is awesome. Uh, Things got um, sped up greatly, things take less memory. Um, We reuse sockets, it's awesome. But um, a lot of our existing code needed to be kind of scrubbed through and make sure that it's taking advantage of the new library, Um, and it is. So if you have an ESP32-S2 with CircuitPython, uh, you can now use MQTT for ultra fast internet data transfer. Um, Erin wrote up a new guide. It's a um, um, matrix portal tip jar. Uh, So she used to do a lot of events at night, and she would pass around a tip jar, um, but she wanted one that was lit up and had little animations when people put money in the jar, kind of incentivize them to give some tips. and Pedro worked on a uh, woodworking sign. Uh, They made a modular um, sign for outdoors with NeoPixel strips that can uh, display animations and text. They'll do a write up for that later. Um, Melissa has been porting ESP tool, which is a tool used to upload code to ESP 32s and S2s and 1866s. Um This is a Python tool and it works wonderfully except once in a while, um, people just can't really install it or run it for some reason. So we wanted to have a way to use it over the Chrome browser. So using Web Serial, we'll be able to program in an ESP32-S2, for example, to put a bootloader on it, and then you don't have to use ESP tool anymore. This is one of the things that we've um, we're trying to make it easier for people to use Circuit Python um, because uh, it, we want to put the bootloader on it, but the bootloader can easily be deleted because there's no protection yeah. for it.
0: Good example of, um, and maybe one of the first examples of using Glitch. To program hardware. Yeah. So that is a really cool thing. Glitch is
1: is great for this because it allows quick iteration, and and we don't have to, you know, it's like, to be honest. It's like the
0: CircuitPython of web development.
1: To be honest, if you know, we don't want to host random JavaScript apps. If we can have them hosted elsewhere, that will really make our lives easier, and Glitch makes it very easy to do so. You know, people, it's just for for small grinding apps, you just go somewhere, you run something, and it lasts for a few minutes. It's perfect, and it just means our our ops team is much happier because they're like, they don't want to have to deal with random JavaScript uh, web pages. Go to Glitch. Uh, we like Glitch. They're a New York company as well. Um, Anne uh, moved to Cape Canaveral, Florida area and uh, is making a mag tag that'll tell her when SpaceX is going to launch next so she can go outside and check them out. Their launches like, looks like almost every week or uh, at least every month, um, but you want to be outside when it happens. You can check it out. Uh, this way, um, her refrigerator will let her know Uh, when the next rocket launch is coming. Uh, Likewise, uh, Phil B., instead of catching a trip on a rocket, wants to catch a trip on a bus. Uh, He made a MAGTAG display um, for next bus, which is a uh, service that a lot of metro areas used to help keep track of when the next bus is coming. So it'll tell you, you have 20 minutes to get outside, catch your bus, or if you just missed it, and it's not coming for another 55 minutes. I know that there's some routes, especially late at night, that they only come once an hour. You won't have to wait outside in the cold, which I have, I have done for sure. Hopefully, that's a thing of the past. Uh, also, showed off a really cool IBM Butterfly keyboard, um, which was amazing. I Remember, everyone like saw it, but like nobody owned one with it. It was so cyber. It's like the cyber turkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cns are two mini makers, and they've been making projects with their Circuit Playground Express. Uh, Mario Maker came by. He made a Matrix Portal Stock Ticker. He said it was so easy. It only took him like a couple hours. To get the Matrix Portal to download um, stock data from online and uh, display it scrolling on the Matrix Portal.
0: Said no one ever doing these types of projects. That's why we're really happy about this. Uh, You know, sometimes we get some feedback that we're making electronics too easy. So be it.
1: What's the difference between good documentation and too easy?
0: Good documentation and too easy.
1: There's no difference. Good documentation makes it too easy. Yeah, and I would
0: say if if you think about the user intuitively, like the the idea that your electronics shows up as a USB drive and you edit the Python file right there. Yeah, like it all makes it's so obvious now.
1: Yeah. Anyways, and then uh, Mark came by and he's making a wake up box because it's uh, dark where he's at and he wants something to light up the room nicely when it's time to wake up to get him ready for the day.
0: All right. Show and Tell is part of our Adafruit Live series of shows. Every single Wednesday, 8 p.m., Ask an Engineer. That's what you're watching now. Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., Show and Tell. That's what we were just talking about. These two combined are our shows on Wednesday. (laughs) On Sunday, we do Desk of Lady Ada. It's true. This week on Desk of Lady Ada, we talked about this really cool fan turner honor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is really neat. Um, So this is a chip that is an I2C fan controller. It does the tachometer reading and the fan PWM control um, all over I2C. It's, you know, meant for like little computers or devices to control a fan when you don't want to give up um, a, a PWM output or you don't have a PWM output. And you also want to have a tachometer input to tell you that the fan's running. Um, that's really important for thermal management to know that your, your fan's doing the thing. Also has a couple temperature sensors built in. Uh, so uh, we have a breakout for it. Brian um, designed it and put some code for it. And uh, we're just wrapping it up and we're going to get it made for the shop.
0: And we also have The Great Search. Where
1: in the world is that part I need? The Great Search with DJ Key.
0: On The Great Search this week, Lady Ada looked up...
1: piezas and buzzers. So you're probably wondering, how do I make my project or product beep? You want it to make some beeps and boops. Well, there's a couple different ways of doing it. And we go through um, the three or four different common types, um, how to find them on DigiKey, the different categories, things to look for, and how to use the search to help narrow down the one you want. Because magnetic buzzers and piezo buzzers look really similar. Sometimes they're even in the same package, but they act and are driven totally differently. Uh, So you definitely want to make sure you don't get the wrong one. They both have pros and cons. We go over that as well.
0: And uh, that's every Sunday, so you can watch that on YouTube right now. On Tuesdays, JP does a product pick of the week, and we have a little snippet from it. Now, the cool thing about this is every Tuesday when JP does this, we broadcast live from the product page, and there's an enormous discount half off—during during that show. So all you have to do is set your clock, set your watch, set your phone, whatever it is, watch live, hang out in the chats or whatever, and you can uh, order it right there. And it's half off. So here's a little tidbit of this week's JP's Product Pick.
2: ST25DV16. It's an NFC or RFID tag. We can write to it with a microcontroller. Here I have a little cutie pie. That's what my NFC tag is plugged into, if you look inside the box there, that's what it's plugged into over Stomac QT. Press my NFC tag reader icon, hold that up, and it says open uh, in YouTube. When I press that, you'll see my little Neopixel changed colors, it's green. Hold that to the tag, it says open Adafruit in Safari. That is my product pick of the week ST25DV16 Programmable NFC RFID I'm going to go ahead and set that on my pegboard of STEMI QT awesomeness and that's going to do it
0: and John Park's workshop returns next week but every single week we do a MakeCode Minute that will be resuming next week here is the latest however Make code Minute
2: On the Make Code Minute, what I wanted to show is how you can use the run-in-parallel blocks in order to have multiple events that include timing, uh, sensitive timing with pauses to run at the same time without conflicting with each other. Uh, this is something I run into a lot in sort of all microcontroller programming is I want a couple things to happen at the same time, I don't want one to wait for the other. This is a really elegant way to do it. So, first of all, you'll notice I have this control section in the advanced section and in here lives this run in parallel block so that's what I'm using, that's the secret sauce here then I have it set up so that when I press button A it's going to run both of these uh, blocks at the same time so the play melody which is going to just boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo and it's going to require particular timing to play those notes at tempo uh, as well as running a little NeoPixel animation which again has sensitive timing so check it out, you can see it happening here So that works really well. Uh, What I wanted to do though with the B button here is demonstrate a slightly more uh, challenging example. And in this one, what I'm going to do is same sort of thing. I'm going to run a a descending melody. I'm going to run a different animation, but then you'll see I've got this pause block. So what's going to happen is when I press the button, it's going to start counting that pause, one second pause, but it's not going to wait on that pause to do the things that are in the run parallel block. So the melody will play, the animation will play, all the while there's a separate process that's counting down one second, at which point, after one second, it's gonna turn on my little red indicator LED, it's gonna play a high-pitched tone, and then uh, 200 milliseconds later, it'll turn off that LED, so watch this. So I find that to be really fantastic. It solves a problem that you run into a lot when you try to do slightly sophisticated things with timing, and that is the run in parallel block inside of MakeCode. And so that is your MakeCode Minute.
0: All right, time travel time. Look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. This week in time travel, let's kick it off with our jobs board jobs.adafruit.com is going to revitalize the economy and more Um, all you have to do is post your skills or if you're an employer looking for someone here's a couple jobs these are people who are looking to pay you learning coach science and engineering this is in wichita falls texas it's a contract position probably remote and here's a paid job create a basic countdown timer with separate controls and three displays this is from envision poker in australia so those were a couple jobs.
1: You know what pays really good? All those gambling electronics yeah. places. Now. They're swimming in money.
0: Next up in the time travel news. Last week we talked about the GSA. No one knew about this government agency for a really long time until it was one of the things that stops the incumbent, the, the, the next president coming in from getting like security briefs and being able to do things like uh, have a website with .gov, yeah. getting office space and all this stuff. And for us, as a member of the National Association of Manufacturers, we were pleased to see the National Association of of Manufacturers, they signed a letter, and they said, manufacturers called the GSA to sign a letter of ascertainment. And not a lot of people even knew what ascertainment was. So basically, it's acknowledging that, yeah, a bunch of people voted, and looks like
1: This is the most likely outcome.
0: Likely it's Biden Harris. And uh, please start giving them the resources they need and information so there can be a seamless, smooth transition of power. And it's three weeks late. And there could be lots of debate about it, but it happened. So I want to uh, shout out to uh, the National Association of Manufacturers for two things. One, getting that done helping out with that and two they wrote a great article about Adafruit not too long ago Yay. um and uh they they do and stories remember they do stories about u.s manufacturing companies this is not partisan there's not republican manufacturing companies democratic manufacturing companies there's manufacturing companies and uh when we my joined, compressors
1: die just like people yeah. who live in kansas yeah or California, Oregon.
0: So, we all have
1: to deal with the same bullshit.
0: <laughs> so as, as a manufacturer and as an employer of 100 plus people, I'll say this. Finally, um, there's so many things that have to happen in government and it takes forever. And you really need a seamless, I think uh, Dr. Fauci said it, you want it like a relay race where you you, you don't want to start from zero. You want to be running at the same time when you're passing the relay. And yeah, there's going to be a bunch of stuff in the news, and a bunch of people are going to not like each other, there's going to be a bunch of things in court, but I think this is the smart thing to do, and it finally happened. So anyways, um, National Association of Manufacturers, they lended their voice. Did not matter? Who knows? Probably not, but it was one voice of many. We posted up, and we tried to get the word out as well. Next up, uh, big news. Uh, we all said adios to Radio Shack a couple of years ago. Um,
1: For the third time.
0: Radio Shack has come in and out of bankruptcy a few times. Um... Lady Ada interviewed the past CEO of Radio Shack on our show. Um, We had our stuff in Radio Shack. We were a Radio Shack partner. There was rumors that we acquired Radio Shack. People made some cool logos and stuff like that. However, the big news in the maker world this week is Ty Lopez. Yeah, the guy with the Lambo and the books on the YouTubes. That's how people know him. bought radio shack and he's part of a, a company that bought a few retail brands including dress bar pure one models linen and things franklin mitt farmer's cart mentor box and book people um so you can check out uh ty lopez on twitter talks about some of the radio shack stuff uh, i got introduced to the new radio shack people over email and i messaged ty and uh his assistant emailed me and we're gonna set up either a text interview or a live uh, video interview with Lady Ada and Ty and find out, hey, what are you doing with Radio Shack? So we'll see what happens with Radio Shack. If it's an online store only, which they said they're going to do, they're probably going to stock Maker stuff again. So what I'm saying right now is give them a chance.
1: Give them a chance, but if you sell them stuff, make sure you get paid first.
0: Always get paid first <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: from companies that have gone bankrupt five times. Um, and... Uh, Give them a chance because, you know, Radio Shack is a brand that's out there. A lot of people are familiar with it. Um, Could there be a rebrand? Yes. Could there be the stores coming back? Maybe. Is it going to be an online retailer that sells all sorts of electronic stuff? Probably because this has happened before. Um, But before everyone, you know, decides what they think about it, just give them a chance. And so we're going to interview them. We're going to ask some good questions. We'll uh, ask our community for questions to ask, and uh, we'll see.
1: And we'll see you here in exactly one year. (laughs) With whatever happens next. Yeah.
0: Python on hardware time. Okay. It is CircuitPython.
1: That's right.
0: It's Python on hardware. We have a cornucopia of things.
1: Oh, look. It's Blinka of. with gourds.
0: That's right. So we're still in CircuitPython 6 land. We released yes.
1: it. one is out. Ouch. And it's we're here. just doing a lot of bug fixes and tweaks. ESP32S2 is still happening. But 6 overall is really stable, um, other than the ESP32 S2, which is this new processor. But other than that, we, we're, a lot of people are trying it out. Um, it's now the stable release, so please use it for your projects. If you find bugs, please open up an issue and just give us reproducible code and as much info as possible. Uh, we've been squishing bugs every day.
0: And our Python on hardware roundup, as Lydia said, we are in six, one beta. You can check out the latest things that are in the beta, or you can just stick around and hang out with the stable 6.0. We closed 2,000 open issues. Hooray! No, pull requests. Sorry, pull requests.
1: Which is amazing. It's actually code chunks That's right. being submitted. And we have like th- over 30 open, which is a lot. And it's good. Because we're getting people contributing um, fixes, uh, documentation yeah. updates. Um, you know, bug, bug fixes or feature fixes, um, really great stuff uh, coming in from the community. I think ESP32 especially has started to accelerate that a little bit.
0: Yeah, the ESP32 S2, the folks that are going to use it, they're going to not want to reinvent the wheel, and CircuitPython out of the boxes a lot. Um, MagTech projects, you can check out some of the things that we're doing. Uh, this is really neat. This is a conference badge yeah, you can get this on GitHub right now. It
1: may, you know what's nice is it does not have, have battery. you can just once program you program
0: it. it it's over and then you just keep it on your 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 badge. All day. This is
1: a project. Toddbot's been doing a lot of great circuit Python project. This is a um, what day is it uh, yeah. display that's very I like the different font action going on here. I like how yeah. s- Saturday is kind of like fun. and Sunday is kind of like heavy. And yep. We uh, have our
0: quit displayer. Um, yep. Then we have the Magtag version of the weather station monitor. There's a Circuit pie UI on the new mag tag. With, like,
1: buttons and stuff. We have
0: another quarantine clock. It's Monday noonish.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we have Scott's deep dive with Cat Cam last week, and then of course we have other things. Um, one of the things that came out that was kind of interesting is the ESP32C3 RISC-V microcontroller. Yeah, was moving leaked. from
1: tens. Well, it's not really. I mean, kind of leaked, but also kind of. Yeah, we replaced. all kind of knew about it. Um. Well, they've had a RISC-V processor inside the ESP32-S2 and, and family for a little bit as a coprocessor, um, but moving from TenSilica to RISC-V makes a lot of sense. It doesn't really matter for the ESP32 what the core processor is because it's kind of like a Wi-Fi peripheral device with the core just kind of there to, to keep things going. Um, so moving to RISC-V could, could make a really um, a, a big impact in uh, pricing, just because you don't have to license it. And also, um, you know, if you want to do machine learning built-in, there's like machine learning add-ons for Risk Five that I've seen. So maybe yeah. that's going to be a little easier to integrate.
0: If you want to have a Zoom, Microsoft team Mute button using CircuitPython, you can use this specifically in native for your QtPy using CircuitPython. Um, we have a couple other examples of Feather S2 projects. A DIY open-source high-fidelity preamp using Python. Here is a Nano ESP32-S2. You can install CircuitPython on a Raspberry Pi. Oh,
1: funny.
0: Yeah, you can do that. That's cute. Um, the uh, folks from...
1: Uh, Electronic Cats.
0: Electronic Cats, they have a live cat show. They're super or, cool. Yeah. I love them. They're our favorite open-source hardware company. At the moment, yeah. Um, then this was kind of cool. There was this really weird project I thought was cool. It was Quick Python. It was interactive coding environment, and it like boots up. Is this the one? I saw
1: that it was a yeah. Raspberry Pi thing. This is. And I sent this to Ann. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen. Yeah,
0: it was really neat. It's
1: like. It's, like, you boot up your Pi directly into, like, the, a Python editing environment, and it, it's kind of like when you had a Commodore 64, and it just yeah. like booted Oh, it no, like... sorry.
0: That's Snakeware. Snakeware. Sorry. That's the what's, other one.
1: What's QuickPython?
0: QuickPython was the interactive coding environment where you where you just use Python to code. Snakeware is the Linux Yeah, sorry. This grow. is Snakeware, yeah. Yeah, sorry. There is so much going on with Python right now. So the, the, that's really neat, because it's, like, very Commodore 64-ish. yeah. Anyways, um, also, we'll be having these on our site soon. This is
1: also RISC-V. Very interesting. High Five. It's like a micro bit ish device. Probably works with all of our accessories and stuff. Yeah, BBC
0: Doctor Who, High Five Inventor Coding Kit. We'll have those in our store. Um, I thought this was a neat article about the origin of the MIT license. We use it. So um, you can check it out at IEEE. And then we have uh, a smattering of other news that goes around all things Python, all things hardware. And Kickstarter... There's
1: a new code bug.
0: That, yeah. Which is
1: kind of interesting. It has these, like, pluggable pieces. A little bit like STEM QT, but, like, it's, like, mechanical.
0: Yep. Check up our guide on which libraries. board to choose. We have over 281 libraries. And you can see what our team is up to. Current events, events that are coming up, some help wanted, and more. That is all the Python on Hardware News. You can get that at AdafruitDaily.com and sign up for the Python on Hardware Newsletter. And that's Python on Hardware this week. Yes. All right, Lady Ada, we're an open source hardware company. It's true. Um, I know we are for sure because we have two thousand three hundred and fifty four guides. What's on the big board this week?
1: Okay, one of them is about open source hardware, so it's even better. Um, starting from the bottom right, we've got uh, the Which Circuit Python board is right for you? Katney and Carter wrote this up. Um, it's a tour of all the different boards that are, are used for CircuitPython and what we recommend for each use, whether you want to do Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, you want something that can be used with an Arduino shield or is Feather compatible. Um, you know, it's all in there, so um, check it out. We'll be updating it also, but it's a great introduction. If you're like, I don't know what to start with, uh, this will tell you what to start with. Um, the uh, Noyan Pedro made a cute uh, 3D printed stand for the tag and also an enclosure. Uh, Aaron has the matrix portal uh, money sensing tip bar, uh, which is neat. It uses a, a distance sensor to detect when somebody puts money through the slot. And uh, when it does, it displays a cute animation telling them thank you. So maybe they'll tip more. And again, uh, Dylan did a quick write-up just trying out Visual Studio code for the Raspberry Pi. So you can write run VS code on the Pi now, which is awesome. Just have to make sure you install the right version. Um, and he has just a couple of tips on that. But then um, you can be coding in a professional um, IDE. Uh, not that you can't write great code in Thani or Moo, but it's always great to have something that's like very powerful, like the Raspberry Pi, uh, sorry, the Visual Studio. Um, that's also used in industry, too, so you can get industry practice. Uh, Dylan also wrote a quick script on um, how to submit open source projects to OSHA using their JSON API. Um, he, he has example code and what you should look for. So if you'd like to automate um, adding boards to um, Oshawa so you don't have to use their web form, this API will do the job. Uh, John Park wrote a quick MagTag slideshow guide. This is a common thing people want to do. You want to display different images, maybe have it beep when you display a new image, or light up the NeoPixel so it shows you all the examples. Um, this is a great pairing with uh, last week's guide, which is a video which is on dithering images to make them look really good on e-ink displays. Um, Dylan also finished up, he's like, wrote a lot of guides this week, or he finished a lot of guides this week, um, a really detailed guide on how to contribute to Adafruit Arduino libraries um, with GitHub. Uh, we have a lot of continuous integration in our Arduino libraries, so um, there's a couple things to watch out for where it, it's not like how it used to be where you could just com- commit code and submit it and we'd sort of trust you and and just add it on. Um, We now do um, linting with um, uh, Clang format, and we also do compilation testing to make sure that your addition didn't break something. Um, Really good stuff, uh, but just means that if you're not used to submitting pull requests that go through CI, uh, this is how you can fix up um, CI issues as they come up. Um, And Phil B uh, wrote up um, a port of the NextBus project he did oh, so long ago, but this time, it's for the MAGTAG. It's written in Python. It uh, lets you know when the next bus is for a couple different routes. It can display up to four routes. Um, on the MAGTAG, it updates once a minute, and you can just have it just hanging out on your desk and letting you know uh, when the next bus is so you don't run for the bus and miss it and you're not waiting outside in the cold.
0: All right. More guides ahead. Let's do some New York City factory footage. speed up of some boards that uh, yeah well then, some we sometimes like
1: to inspect the boards make sure they're in good shape before they go into the oven that's right still fashion hand, hand soldering them for sure
0: was just a few days ago 61 more days until the inauguration
1: that's cool
0: have a few of those signs counting down all sorts of things including the McGrib return
1: yep. um
0: and then it wouldn't be new york city factory footage without
1: oh wow they're starting to pour
0: yeah this is the disney headquarters they're building across the street from Adafruit. for it
1: okay my god
0: with uh all that gold from the disney plus accounts you all have yeah and, of course, long days mean beautiful sunsets.
1: That is a nice sunset. Here in New York. Oh, this is gorgeous.
0: All right, 3D printing. Gorgeous. We have two things we're going to do this week that yep. are a little different. Okay, So I'm ready for it. The one thing that's going to be a little different is instead of a 3D printing video, we're going to show the Magtag video because Noah and Pedro are artistes and they make beautiful, I wouldn't even call them videos, or like, they're informational, and they happen to have electronics, and they're they're shot, anyways. So we have this little vignette, I guess, of Magtag, and then we're gonna play a speed up.
3: Okay. Hey, what's up, folks? In this video, we're taking a look at the Adafruit Magtag. This is an all-in-one dev board with an E-Ink display and Wi-Fi, so it's really great for making IoT projects. It's got a 2.9-inch display with an ESP32-S2, NeoPixels, Stemma QT ports, and lots of other awesome features. With a built-in accelerometer, you can detect the orientation of the display and make motion-based projects. There's four user buttons that can be used to trigger things like these side-lit NeoPixels. The Magtag Learn Guide has a full list of features, the pinouts, and everything you need to get started. Be sure to follow the step-by-step instructions on how to get into the bootloader mode so you can flash new firmware. Magtag has support for the latest version of CircuitPython so you can use all of the libraries from Adafruit. Check out the example demo code to get started with the Magtag library for CircuitPython. There's lots of development in the works so be sure to check out the Learn system for new projects. The PCB has built-in standoffs so you can easily secure it or use these magnetic feet and stick it to the fridge. We hope you're inspired to check out the Adafruit MagTag and start using CircuitPython to power your projects. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more videos from Adafruit.
0: Thank you, I'm Pedro, and three D Hangouts returns next week. All right, it's time for Digikey plus Adafruit present.
2: Hi on MPI.
0: This week it's little fuse.
1: Yes, they make little fuses, but they also uh, recently acquired U.S. sensors, so they have a bunch of sensors as well. Um, They have a bunch of other electronics as well, but a nice cute logo. I like the little, like, wave in the middle there. Yeah, it's an
0: L, and it's, uh, you know, there's some signal going through.
1: Yeah, maybe they're saying that they stop these signals. I don't Mm, know. Could be. Okay, so um, this week's NPI is the uh, PPG-1XXX series of little RTD sensors. These are so small. Um, These are small chunks of platinum bonded onto the back of a ceramic... Uh, material to give them uh, strength and then there's two little leads that you plug into a circuit, you measure the resistance and you know the temperature and last week when I asked Phil what do you, what should I do for next week's MPI, this week's you said well can you do like some sort of turkey theme and so I was like okay yeah, like a turkey theme, well this is That's a turkey right. um, this is some cool photos I found on Flickr uh, that were public domain, thanks for all those cool photos this is a beautiful, beautiful turkey how yeah. um, start
0: it started how it's okay, going. How
1: it's going. Okay, so when you're making a turkey, you, you know, it's important to make sure that, first off, you got to defrost it, if you got a frozen turkey. Um, and then you have to uh, cook it all the way through. Like, raw turkey is really gross. And overcooked turkey isn't so great either. So you want to get it to, like, exactly 165 uh, degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, to do that, you've got this, like, thermometer here, right? It's got a little plug-in thermometer. Um, But how could we engineer, uh, uh, because we're electrical engineers, how can we make an electrical engineering version of this thermometer so we can monitor our turkey? Maybe we would have it even like, you know, the temperature sensor would be in the oven and it would like SMS us when it's time to get the uh, turkey because it's like in there for four or five hours. Okay, so here's uh, a couple options. So the simplest way you can make a temperature sensor, and temperature sensors are so common engineers to add whether it's making a turkey monitor or you have a thermal system that you want to monitor like you want to make sure your your processor isn't getting too hot for example or maybe you want to have a little bit of heating in your circuit but not too much Um, or maybe you have to uh, compensate or uh, derate something due to temperature you know your um, electronics or your amplifier may not work the same at high versus low temperatures or you know i'm working with e-ink displays you need to know the temperature because they act differently at different temperatures so the easiest way to measure temperature, the cheapest, is you just use a diode. Uh, you put a constant current through it. You measure the voltage across it. And uh, if you remember um, your um, diode equation, you might not remember this, but you definitely remember that V T equals k T um, over Q, which is like the standard, you know, temperature constant voltage equation. And um, you can. Uh, Basically, you know, diodes work differently at different temperatures, but you can use that to kind of reverse solve for the temperature because everything else here is a constant. If you have um, the temperature is a constant and you know what like the voltage is, you can measure it over different uh, temperatures so you can see the, the differential. Um, so this is a diode equation. So this works quite well, um, but it's not very precise. So There's ways to improve it. You can use a silicon band gap temperature sensor, which is actually basically two diodes and you're measuring the difference you know that the the, um, the uh, ratio between the two um, and uh, you can do that and you also basically solve this kt over q you solve for the t you get the temperature and actually this is used um, in a lot of sensors this is a, the most common sensor you're going to see in an embedded uh, like a microcontroller or a, a sensor here's the the um, analog design for it it's just basically you basically get rid of this common mode error because you have um, two transistors that are fabricated on the same uh, substrate, um, and then you get the output. And then this is, you know, whenever you buy like a silicon uh, temperature sensor, like not silicon material, but like silicon is in um, its integrated circuitry. Um, like this, uh, you know, one-wire temperature sensor is very common, um, and these work quite well. But they top out, right? They're they're pretty precise. You can get like easily 0.1% precision out of them, and accuracy. Um, But they top out at like 125 uh, degrees C, which is, you know, hotter than you want your turkey to be, but it's not as hot as your oven can get. Because your oven, now I have to do the conversion between Fahrenheit and Celsius, which I wrote down. Um, Right, so inside of an oven, it could be 450 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 230 C, which is twice as high as what um, your circuitry might want. And so you don't want the risk of your your sensor getting damaged because it's exposed to the high heat in the oven. And so, you know, okay, what do you do when you have to measure something high temperature, like a high range, low range, those silicon diode style ones are great. For high temperature ranges, you'll want to go with something like a thermocouple, classic. This is like an ancient technology. You take uh, some, you know, aluminum, you take some other metals and you bond them together and um you know the output of the micro voltage difference with temperature and these go up to like massive ranges you do need to have a little amplifier driver so here we see you know i have a, a circuit driver that you plug the thermocouple into and then does the amplification for you converting that micro voltage level into um, a higher voltage and then does the uh, analogical analog digital conversion and then you can convert that to temperature um, what's nice about thermocouples, as you can see here, they're they're happy to go up to 500, 1,000 degrees C easily, right? The the common ones are uh, type K, um, but type J are also quite popular, and these, these go up to um, you know 1,500, well at least 1,000 degrees C. So these are quite common, you know. Actually, a lot of times when you get oven thermometers, um, you'll see them have a thermocouple. But there's one thing that's not so great about thermocouples. Is that they have error? They have quite a bit of error in them. They're not as accurate or precise um, as we might want. If we want to get to you know 0.1 percent or better or less than one percent, you're always going to have about like a couple degree offsets with thermocouples, um, and so when you need to have uh, higher precision, that's when you would go to an RTD. So you know. You need low accuracy, low voltage range, diodes are great. Um, You want high temperature range, but somewhat lower accuracy, thermocouples are great. But if you want both, you want the best of both worlds, because you want the stuffing and the cranberry sauce, you want to go with an RTD. Um, And these are little chunks of platinum, and they come in different resistance ohms at uh, zero degrees C, you know, so it's like freezing. So they're easy to calibrate because you can use ice water baths to calibrate, you know, to make sure. Um, you get 100, 500, or 1,000 ohms, um, and the resistance change for these is like almost totally linear, um, which is really wonderful. And um, you're just measuring the resistance, so you don't need. You want to have like a high precision circuit, but it's you're not dealing with microvolts here. You're you're dealing with a couple ohms, which is a lot easier to deal with than these noisy microvolts that might be affected by you know your your local environment. Um, For these, you know, you still do want to have some sort of amplification circuit, some op amp, you'll need a constant current source, Um, but that's a lot, not too hard. Um, There's built-in all-in-one drivers, and we have a driver here that can handle um, RTDs quite easily. And um, this is great because now you can measure your turkey in your oven at high temperatures, high precision, and this sensor, I'll show it, um, let me let's show the demo now. And then we'll go. Is this a demo? No, that's <laughs> Turkey. All right. Okay. So um, let me focus lock. This doesn't freak out on you. So this is actually the sensor. It's so small. It's meant to go into like you know pretty much any device. Let me see if I zoom in. You, you mm-hmm. made, well, I don't want to zoom too much because I need to keep this yeah no, no, no. This number visible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is just my you know pocket multimeter. It's it's not the, the you know it's not the best. Uh, way of measuring this um resistance but it does a good enough job okay sorry this is getting a little loose okay so um you know the resistance right now is about like 1.1 k um this is a 1k um rtd and then when i put my finger on it you can see the temperature is going up and if i'm like really gross and i put it on my tongue
0: yeah
1: mm, warm not quite turkey warm but warm and when i blow on it you can see the number goes down, so it's cooling off. So it's nice as you can see that even a couple-degree change, well, you know, the, the, the ohms, if it's at a one kilo-ohm, then it's like even a couple ohms, it'll start move quite – it's very fast, very responsive, um, and it's, it's quite easy to measure that change. So you can get, you know, I think um, there's 0.06% um, accurate. RTDs and these are like a couple dollars. So these are kind of starting to replace thermocouples um, in a lot of places. And again, they're much smaller. They're these really tiny little things, and they're it's going to be a lot smaller and easier to integrate into an existing circuit than a thermocouple. So uh, you can get these. I picked this one. This is the PT one hundred point zero six ohm um, radial sensor. But they have a couple different in the family. There's the five hundred and the one thousand as well. Um, there's tons of app notes online on how to convert these into um uh, the resistances into the exact temperature if you wanted if you can you can do uh, algorithmically or you can use a table if you want better accuracy um they're not too expensive and they're really small so if you have a small high accuracy high precision and mm-hmm. wide temperature range sensing need this is, will be what i would recommend
0: all right and it's available on digikey the Card number is 18 PPT 101 JAND. Or you can just go to the short URL digikey.com forward slash short forward slash ZV7523. And that's this week's I on Gobble Gobble.
2: I on MPI.
0: Okay, we're going to swing right into new products, Yes.
1: Ready? Gobble, 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 new, new, new. Gobble, gobble,
0: gobble, new, new, new. All right, let's. It's uh, like the
1: one day of the year I can say gobble, gobble whenever I want.
0: Yeah, you say it all year long, but it's the only time you do it live on. I video. know it's true. All right, first up.
1: First up, we've got um, a new version of this uh, clip for Clue or Microbit. This is a great uh, addition to. Um, micro bit products if you want to create something that a micro bit plugs into this is a surface mount component so it might like, work
0: with that sci Five board too it
1: would work with anything that's compatible what's really nice is if you go you go back one I'm go there. no 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 four. Four. yeah you see it has little notches that tells oh, yeah. you um which way to plug it in because it only has contacts on one side just like the clue or the micro bit and what's nice about this one um this one it's, it's i tried to show it so you see how, like, the micro bit or the Clue plugs in, and then there's the contacts on the very right. Um, this is sunken. It's kind of like a sunken-type p- uh, PCB holder. So you have a cutout in the PCB, and this sinks into the PCB so that the PCB and the Clue or micro bit are co-planar, right? they're right? They're, they're in line with each other. And this is mm-hmm. different than other connectors where, like, it would float above. This is good if you want it to, like, slide into a bigger shape and, like, be flat in that shape, you know what I mean? Like, less bulky. Yeah, that's cool. Is it less bulky? I mean, it's it's got some bulk, but it's more evenly distributed around the PCB. So it's, like, slim. Slimline. Next up. Okay.
0: Feather takes flight on this keyboard feather wing.
1: This is a keyboard feather wing from Solder Party. It's a party. Nice animation from a Ain't uh, no party, uh, like a solder Party. Yeah. So, um, this has a BBK, which is like a like a BlackBerry compatible keyboard. Uh, it's got four buttons and it's got a 2.6 inch touch TFT. I think it's 320 by 240. I believe it's an ILI9341, and so it's kind of compatible with like every. No, maybe it's maybe it's an ST series. Totally. I'll go to the other end. But it's compatible with like every. Um, yeah,
0: this is plastic film, just yeah, by the way. Lady Ada loves to keep these on forever. Uh yes. So I always pull these off. Don't. I'm not, but uh, that's what that's. That yeah,
1: is. this this actually. Well, I mean, this was removed before, so I can remove it again. There you go. All right. Does that make you happy?
0: Well, I mean, like, what are we waiting for? The queen to visit. Yes. I mean, like, take, take the protector off the screen.
1: Okay, well, it's off.
0: Free those screens.
1: Um, so you can type here um, on the keyboard, and it's like kind of like you're typing on, like... Yeah. Well, I can't type right, but uh, it's like you're typing on a, um, on a BlackBerry. It's kind of fun. It's very cute, and it's even black, uh, backlit. This is kind of like a neat effect. So um, you can even use it at night, and you can plug in, like, any feather. It tells you the pinouts on the back. It doesn't use a lot of pins. Which
0: one do you like to use with this?
1: This is my Feather M4, which is kind of, like, my always my go-to, my favorite Feather. It's got an on-off switch. Um, It's got a resistive screen and a screen controller. It's got a UT or Quick connector. So this is, like, a lovely little accessory. Like, this is so much fun. You can make little, like, handheld portables. Um, We have a couple in stock. I know these are in high demand. There's a NeoPixel as well. You can sort of see it blinking a little bit. Um, but right. it's a fun accessory, and you can, like, make little portables. This would go great with CircuitPython because, of course, it's got the um, REPL on the screen, and you can, like, run programs with it.
0: All right. Uh, next up. Put
1: this back on. Keep it safe. Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: That's fine. Kay. Okay. Uh, you know, I put this in the, uh, in the show, and I had to take a double take on this because I'm like, oh, this is really useful.
1: Yeah, this is useful. So yeah. this is a PoE splitter. We've actually had PoE splitters before, but this one this is, is a type different. C.
0: And let me tell you why I thought it was useful. And this was before the other photos came in because I'm like, oh, you know this would be really good for? A Raspberry Pi. 400. 400, 400 because you power it with, f- power f- it with yes. USB-C and it has Ethernet. By the way, just a little side note. We have like note, five in stock. There's, there. If you go to adafruit.com forward slash Raspberry Pi 400. If you're watching live, There's 49 left. Yeah. So anyways, we didn't, you know, not everyone got the notifications because we don't have thousands of these yeah but uh you could do it right now the only thing is there's no discounts on these so anyways but this is really useful for this yeah
1: so you plug it in this is perfect for um raspberry pi 4s or pi 400s um you will need to have a poe router so here i've got a tp link this is actually quite inexpensive i think this router was like 50 bucks and um you get a big honking power supply and then it provides power to the pi 400 the pi 4 uh, over USB-C, and it also gives you 100 megabit Ethernet. It's not gigabit. If people really demand the gigabit, I can get the gigabit, but it's a lot more expensive. And honestly, a lot of people don't really need the gigabit. They're happy with 100 megabit, so I thought um, this would be a good option. So, um, yeah, you want to uh, have a um, a Pi 4 also is a yeah. great pick. I'll say it doesn't. it's not a good pick for earlier Raspberry Pis no. because it doesn't have a Type-C connector. We have a different PoE splitter... For those, also feathers. Some feathers have USB Type C. You would use that with yeah. this, but most still have Micro B because they're older. Anything
0: with Ethernet that powers by USB C is perfect for this. This is why these two yes. things are great. Yes, and you don't
1: need like a high. You don't need like a special converter. It's a plug and go. It's yeah. super simple. It's really cool. All in one.
0: That's useful. Very useful. Okay, well, next up, let's move right along to the three color ink display.
1: Yes. So this is. It looks like. Hey, don't you already have this in stock? So, we had a very similar feather wing in stock that was, I think, like one, it was like 200 by 100 pixel display. It was, it was like less pixels, basically. Um, and he used a different screen, and that screen got discontinued. And so, we kind of started a new PID. And this is a higher definition screen. So, it's two four, 250 by 122 pixels. So, it's you can fit more text, more graphics on it. It's tricolor, so you get black pixels and red pixels, Um, but otherwise it's basically the same as the the other feather wings we have that are 2.13 inch uh, displays. Um, If you are upgrading from the previous version, you will have to recompile the code with the new uh, chip definition. This is an SSD 1680, non-IL-0373. I really wish that this wasn't part of the deal with e-ink displays, but I'm afraid that they're constantly being revised and old chips are getting discontinued. So it's, the it's a party. Anyways, uh, so this is um, also my favorite Feather M4 plugged in, and I have an image on the SD card here. Oh, whoa. That made it unhappy. Okay. Um, so you'll notice that um, tricolor inks take a while to display the image.
0: Look, screen protector again. Shh, look, don't. look, I'm just saying. Stop
1: I'm touching saying. it.
0: I'm just saying, this is my life because. We have all these beautiful screens, but they're underneath these protectors. I get, I understand. I understand you the reason. You can't tell. I, I know what I'm just saying. Because once in a while... If I so, had
1: my finger over it, you would Well, know. you don't
0: see the chat comments. And sometimes people are like, hey, what's that, like, red tab? It's like, no, it's, it's the just, screen it's protector. Fine,
1: I will always mention... No, you don't
0: have to. You don't have to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what it is.
1: I want a divorce. <laughs> okay, so... So this is... This is... It's uh, like a
0: doily for electronics.
1: You know, like, some grandparents always had, like, the plastic cover. <laughs> yeah, on that's, what was, no, that's what
0: I'm saying. <laughs> that's me. And, like, but who... That's me. But, like, what are you saving the couch for? Like, when is when are you going to... Un- she wanted to look good. But but when when will you one day say, okay, we don't need to have the plastic <laughs> when on the couch the good, anymore. When
1: the good guest visits
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, Okay, see? All right, that's what I thought. I just...
1: <laughs>
0: Anyways, what are we doing? this?
1: All right,
0: I keep... Hold on. We're doing an electronic show, I think.
1: I keep messing with this. Okay, so... Um, sorry so um i was shooting the other demo that's why i was flicking out. okay so you'll Mm -hmm. notice it takes 13 seconds or so 15 seconds to display but we have a really nice guide that shows how to convert Uh, this is like a color image that we converted it's me holding Blinka and i had pink hair at the time um and what's nice is of course it's ink so you can remove the power um one thing i did notice is after a couple seconds the red lightens a little bit it becomes like a slightly lighter red um is if power is kept it doesn't seem to do that. I don't know that it's, it's one of the effects of this screen, but it's still definitely red. Um, the black doesn't dim. And um, if you did right, you can actually have like pretty good image resolution for uh, displays that have spot color on them. Um, we have Arduino code for it. I think CircuitPython, we have a driver for the SSD 1680 as well. Um, so you can use it with any SSD 1680 ink display driver.
0: Includes free screen protector.
1: That's right. Okay. I All want right. to move it.
0: Well, the star of the show tonight besides you, Lady Ada, and our team and our community and our customers is this.
1: This is the SGP40, which is um, the next generation of gas sensors from And This was actually an NPI, which is why people might be like, this sounds familiar. Mm. Um, so what this does is it has a built-in little piece of uh, gas sensing element, and um, inside, and a little like protector top, and it heats up the piece of silicon that's doped, and it can detect when there's um, volatile organic compounds. So this would be good for like detecting rotting fruit, for example, or um, alcohols in the air, um, or if you're you know laser cutting um, a material that emits um, it off gases. This is what it would be good for. It's not good for particulate sensing. That's a PM two point five sensor. We stock those two Different sensor. This is for for gas compounds. Um, so the SGP40 is I-squared C. Um, it's very similar to the SGP30. Um, however, one thing I do want to note is that this is being marketed by Sensirion as a, a more precise, better quality sensor. However, it does not spit out um, the E-effective uh, CO2 or um, volatile organic compound index directly from the sensor. It gives you a raw value, and then you have to use their sensor processing library code, which we've ported over to Arduino. It wasn't too bad. It's in C. And then it will give you an index value from zero to 500 based on um, how much organic gas is it detecting in the area. So it's kind of giving you like a, a qualitative value, not a quantitative value. Um, one nice thing that about the sensor is that if you pair it with a, hydrogen, uh, sorry, hydrogen, a humidity sensor, or a temperature sensor, or both, that's even better, you can um, get better results because uh, humidity and temperature does affect um, gas sensors. And so you want to sort of like, uh, if you give it the humidity and temperature, ambient temperature and humidity, um, it'll use that to kind of calibrate the reading out and, and give you a more normalized reading because it can't measure the temperature on its own because inside there's a heater. So it doesn't, it can't know what the temperature really is. You need an external sensor to do that.
0: All right. And that is... Gobble, gobble,
1: gobble, gobble, gobble. Gobble, 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 gobble,
0: gobble. All right. Uh, we have three short videos of some uh, upcoming stuff. Uh, we'll do that on Top Secret. But before we do that, if you have questions, go over to adafruit.it slash Discord. Put them in now. Join all 25,000 of us. We will get to the questions right after we do Top Secret. Okay, Elinita, what is this?
1: Hey, I'm working on making new demos for the uh, Tag, our 2.9-inch e-ink display. And one of the first projects I like to build is a clock. So on this really beautiful e-paper display, you can um, have really gorgeous fonts in CircuitPython. And here it's showing the time in 24-hour mode. And uh, because it's battery-powered, it'll actually uh, refresh the time in just a few seconds. And then behind it is all the code. Um, I'm wearing this all in CircuitPython. It's only about 42 lines of code, which is pretty sweet. You um, can pick any font you like. Thank you for telling me it's now 2110. And uh, here's the code. We uh, connect to the network to get um, the time over Wi-Fi. This is the font I'm using. And then uh, once an hour, I resynchronize the time online. Otherwise, I just display the time in either 12 or 24 hour mode. That's it. MagTag.
0: Kelly, okay, what is this?
1: Hey, I'm writing more demos for the MagTag, our 2.9 inch uh, e-ink display with the ESP32 S2. It's Wi-Fi, which means it can do cheer lights. So when I tweet at cheer lights, my favorite color is blue. What happens is now the Wi-Fi module here is going to connect to um, the ThingSpeak IoT channel where the cheer lights data is like saved and updated. And then the IoT channel, you see it red that I tweeted at it asking for blue. And then let's see, let's do at cheer lights Oops. red. And in a few seconds, this will get that new update. It checks only every five seconds. Um, I just don't want to update the screen too often in case like people are really blasting it.
0: You flipped it to red.
1: Yay! So very cheery, a great holiday project. Hey, I've got this Wii nunchuck here. This is kind of an old school controller for Wiis that has accelerometer and um, joystick and some buttons. And you see here, I've got it plotting uh, motion on um, the Arduino plotter. So I'm testing out some new hardware. It's kind of based on old hardware, but it's a little stomach QT adapter. And um, the adapter actually just has a PCB that um, the Wii Chuck plugs into. It's a cute little hack. It just slides into the connector. And then this is a level-shifted squared c and that just goes into a Metro Mini. But we also have CircuitPython and Python code available. So you can take out those old Wii nunchucks and use them to control, say, your robotics.
0: All right. And now it's top secret. So... Time for questions. Let's do some questions. Um... First up, um, I did want to mention that uh, adafruit.com slash RaspberryPi400, which uh, it made a small appearance here. You can see it there, the Raspberry Pi computer. We do have 37 left. Um, We got a a small shipment. Yes. And they're in the store, and uh, they'll be gone in a few minutes. So if you want to go over there and get them, you can. Um, I linked up in the chat as well. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, answer some questions. Okay. Um, Will you please, please, please put a four-pin fan header on the new I2C fan controller you were showing on Sunday's show?
1: Um, I can't because the power to a fan is going to be separate than the power to um, the the chip because it's usually a 12-volt fan. So there's no easy way to plug it in without people, I think, accidentally putting 12 volts into their circuit and destroying it, which I want to avoid. Um, so we only bring out um, the tachometer and fan pin, and you're expected to power it separately.
0: Okay. So for the clock video that we showed... Yeah. Um, how long does the battery last? And I'll, I'll add a caveat. We, we also have deep sleep that we're releasing soon, so... Maybe, do, on, on maybe answer mode, in two ways.
1: Yeah. Well, right now it will last for like a couple days, like two days, I think, um, on the battery. But with deep sleep mode, which we're working on, it'll probably last about a month.
0: A month. That's a long time. Yeah. All right. Um, this one came in from another one. What type of engineer are you?
1: I'm are an electrical they... engineer.
0: That's right. So you deal with electricals.
1: Elect- electricals. I engineer them.
0: All right. Okay. Um... With the RPI, do you have any of the fourth edition beginner's book that you sell separately?
1: Um, whatever we have in stock is what we've got. I think that it comes in a bundle, and it could be a new version that was updated just for the Pi four hundred. In which case, we don't have it because. So
0: this is the third edition, according to the um, photo. Yeah. So it's whatever. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. It's whatever they sent along. Yeah. Okay. There's still there's only thirty seven. Okay what type of activities uh or other ideas do you have to help employees socialization with so many remote locations let alone lockdown now oh i can help you out with that here yeah. is some tips so one of the things that's hard to do is start a weekly meeting if you've always had them it's easy so one thing we always did was state of the fruit and we did state of the fruit every single friday no matter what at 5:30, we do it and sometimes people can't attend that's okay uh, we'd either have, uh, well, we always have notes, and we've experimented with videos and having people beam in and all that. But what we did is, uh, much like our philosophy with other things, we turned it into a publishing calendar. So state of the fruit every single week. We also do things where there's consistent meetings every single week. One of the things we don't like to do is hold meetings that aren't normally scheduled. So if you know that there's a meeting at same time, same day, every single week. It's a time that works for everyone on the team. That means that there's a consistent um, rhythm to getting a lot of stuff done. And people, uh, they send questions in advance. They have things that they want to talk about. Um, we also carve out time. Um, in the beginning, we'll have like some general stuff. We'll go over some things at the end, kind of freeform. And especially now, because the question was, what do you do with um, you know remote folks, is you try to come up with some activities that have something to do with The values they have, not necessarily just the day-to-day business. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll talk about some current news that's going on in our world. A good example, when um, the DMCA happened to the YouTube download thing. Yeah. So um, there's a tool that a lot of people use to download their own videos off YouTube. And uh, GitHub got these DMCA's and they they got to take it down. Yeah. We use it for stuff because we we take our own video off YouTube and then we use it for Apple TV. And uh, we talked about that. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that you have to do is get to know the teams that you have and find out some of their interests. And then, you know, a lot of us are kind of techie at Adafruit, and a lot of the people have projects that they work on, and they maybe will blog about it or they'll do a post. And it's just, like, kind of... Um, it's not a surprising thing to talk about people and their interests, and it's not a surprising thing that we meet every week. So one story... And I've heard this story from lots of different people. as They're like, oh, before they came to Native Fruit, they're like, oh, the company I came for is when we had like a town hall or a company meeting, everybody was, someone was getting laid off because meetings were only used for one thing. And it was to tell people bad news. Yeah. And so consistency of a time and a place and then the freedom to express yourself is, I think, one of the things that helped. Now, we've done that before the pandemic. So for us, this was just like, okay, great. We're just going to have more people in these meetings because some are on site, some are remote. And I think that's the best thing you can do. And if you've been holding off, um, it's never too late to start. Just say, hey, everybody, we're just going to do a weekly thing every week for half an hour. In the last uh, 10 minutes, it's a you know, free-for-all. Um, we also have a companion, uh, Slack. But we do keep Slack to a company business. We are uh, really particular about that. But what we did do is we carved off a random room, which really is, it's random. And then we have a COVID room because especially when COVID started, what we didn't want to have happen is COVID literally you know, or figuratively infect every other room. Yes, COVID sucks, but if we're going to talk about COVID and stats and we're like, what we're doing, let's put it all in one spot. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at that, that's the, that's the spot. It, separation of those things was helpful too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Doo, doo, doo. Let's see here. People are getting googly eyes. And I think it's my be our want questions from there. Oh Steve said yeah, one picture has third edition, one has fourth. Yeah, whatever they sent along I think is maybe the, the first
1: prototype they sent is maybe had the third and now they're shipping the fourth. So yeah. whatever the Raspberry Pi you know, we didn't we haven't opened up any of the new kits. So yeah, yeah it's Whatever just,
0: is included. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that's a little hard on us is sometimes so Raspberry Pis are made in Couple different places, and people are like, "I want one that's made in this location or this location." We yeah. have
1: absolutely no control about who sends us a Raspberry Pi, when or where. Believe me, we put in an order, and then like yeah, it's, maybe it's, a few months later, it'll magically appear. We we can't yeah. choose where it comes from.
0: And so, you know, they have multiple factories that they they work with. So, anyways, um, okay, and I think okay. Okay, right. Yeah, this one, Mark. Uh, thanks for a detailed answer. Something we struggle with a job right now, looking for ideas to help that out. Yeah, do do the best you can. I think just consistency mm-hmm. with communication yeah. is a good thing. Because if I know there's a meeting coming up at Friday at five thirty, I can think about what I want to say and do that whole week. And then when it's over, if I didn't get you know a chance to do some, I have a meeting next week. That's right. And uh, we do that across the department. And what's cool is people don't have to um, freak out about the calendars because if you're in a department and we have a weekly meeting, you don't have to worry about, oh, which, when, when is it, well, there's a different meeting, whatever. It's very consistent. You're like, oh, Tuesday's at two. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I think people will one day study the things that we've done in Adafruit and they'll, they'll say, oh, like it's counter counterintuitive. A lot of things we've done, but boy, did it work out. Like State of the Fruit was always kind of boring because it's like a lot of things that we already knew about, but it was a good chance to get together we'd have pizza and, you know beverages together but we never had a line of communication that was uh, different like it, it was always consistent where if we did have to deliver news about something or if yeah. something did come up everyone knew and it wasn't just like oh what's this meeting about it's well of the Fair. we're gonna go yeah. over everything okay um, I believe that is it that is our show for the night thank you so much everybody, Thanks, everybody. please continue to post up comments and more Post up your projects. Post up your projects. Um, just a reminder, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Jesse May, who's in this lock time.
1: Thanks, Jesse May.
0: And uh, thank you, everyone out there, our community, our customers, um, all of our team. Thanks for making this uh, year as tough as it is. Uh, we're going to keep working hard. We're going to keep working smart. Um, the world needs an Adafruit, and we need all of you. So let's, uh, let's hang out and uh, stick to this together. So hang tight. Um, We'll see everybody next week. We'll be posting stuff over the holiday break. We ain't doing nothing. We're staying in these walls. Uh, We'll be at Adafruit a little bit over the the break, but we'll see uh, everybody online. See you later. Bye. Bye. Here is your moment of Zener.